Horrific Network Entertainment. Welcome, man, to another episode of the Horrific Podcast. We are counting down, really, man, the days until Sinister Creature Con 2023, June 2023. It is going to be a epic party that definitely has to be uh, mentioned. I mean, Nick Castle, Jason Mews, Jeffrey Combs. Noel G, uh, Adam Green, the list really goes on and on and on. Clint Howard, another one. Um, yeah, the list goes on and on, man. Uh, Rachel True, another. You know, so re- movies like Halloween, The Craft, Reanimator, Clerks, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, Half Baked, How High. Um, the Dark Knight Training Day but like so many great artists so many great guests are coming to Sinister Creature Con and you guys have to be there to see it live in Sacramento SinisterCreatureCon.com get your tickets it's going to be unbelievable and through that man I of course, we'll be producing um, the panel stuff. I will be in the panel room all weekend. Come say hi to me. But I am also upon the posting of this show on the East Coast. Like, I am not in the... Or I'm not in the office currently when you are hearing this. This is very much a past me in the office as to give you guys some shows while I am on the road. So, I don't have a ton of news for you, and I'm not going to have a ton of news for you on next week's show either. But the good news is, is we do have two very cool interviews to kind of tide you over until we, uh, you know, come back to California and start producing our posting some of the content that we have acquired from Sinister Creature Con June. And with that, it, you know, it always is kind of, you know, the June content always is kind of a uh, bulk that kind of makes the haunt season even come that much closer uh, and faster. And this year it's coming pretty fast and we still haven't even had one announcement from Universal besides the Chucky one. Lots of teasers, but no official announcements upon me recording. Hopefully by the time this is posted, maybe you guys will know something that I don't know yet because it's going to be that time. However, I will say this. and looking at the post-history for Sinister, or I'm sorry, for HHN, they have always done 
the bulk of their announcements after June. And that's as recent as last year. The bulk of the announcements did come after June last year. People, I think we are just getting more and more impatient. And that is something that does affect, but is not exactly the uh, best way to go about it. The wait is the, the anticipation for HHN is the HHN that I think everybody truly loves. Now, the mazes are awesome. The experience is great. But there is something about the anticipation of getting to go and waiting for those announcements. The excitement that builds on the announcements may be better than the announcements themselves. And again, that's not saying that the assignment to build upon going is greater than the joy of which you feel once you're actually there. All I am saying is that perhaps the excitement of waiting to find out truly what it is HHN is going to do is better than the endorphin release than when it's actually announced. Now the announcement comes with the endorphin release. It comes uh, a full, like they're doing it, like the speculation is true, like you get those conversations, that emotion for sure is out there. Um, with HHN Orlando, I've always waited, you know, I've been always more excited about their original stuff, whether it be the icons or you know, something completely original like Puppet Theater at HHN 30. Those kind of stories always excite me more than the IP stuff, having done Hollywood for so long. Um, I'm more curious, like, about the rumored Dueling Dragons maze. Like, that's going to be crazy. But I think that overall, the quality of work is always a 10 out of 10 in my opinion and I know that's not everybody's opinion but you know for me man it's still always going to be Halloween Horror Nights and I look forward to finding out what is eventually officially released and I do have a feeling that it's going to happen uh, in some capacity while I'm on this trip um, which culminates, I'm excited, the, the final act of this tr vacation I'm going on is in Salem, Massachusetts. So I'm super excited about that. Um, one of the shows when we come back will actually be from the ghost hunting tour that we're doing there. But the, um, the coolest thing, I think, will be when we're walking through the front gate and knowing that, hey, like we made it to another one, especially everything that the world throws at us. So, yeah, stop arguing and hating on each other, HHN community, which you guys honestly haven't been too bad this year. It's been way rougher previous years, couple years than it has been this year, but there is still a lot of conflict. And Diz Twitter, Disney Twitter, you got to chill out. Like, holy smokes, the things that you guys argue about. Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, 
I bring up HHN today to fill up our news spot just because of the fact that today's guest is a star from a franchise that is still one of the best HHN Hollywood mazes, in my opinion, in Silent Hill. But Jodell Ferlin, she has done uh, a lot more than just Silent Hill. She's voice acted. She um, has been in several different TV series and always, always has a ton of insight as to what it is to be an actor. Very like rounded personality like she is um, she is a uh, very very smart actress and the way that she approaches the craft of acting I think really is kind of advanced compared to what others would do so stay tuned and here we go Telling them the story about you having no moderator the last time you oh. were at a convention. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I planned to start with, but how did you handle that? Um, was that a this one? Because I always get conventions mixed up in my head. Was it this one? No. There, or was it a different one? It was a different okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, because I, I think that's happened like one or two times. But now I always like put it in my contract that I need a moderator because I'm not like, you know, I'm not a stand-up comedian. That's not my thing. Yeah. I go to set and they give me words to say and I say them. So Did you just turn it into like a question and answer period? And Pretty much, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I can't remember. They might have actually had somebody like come up and help me after. Oh, like, uh, oh, <laughs> somebody great. needs to, I don't remember, but um, no, yeah, this imagine. is better. This is much better. So thank oh, you good. for being I'm here. Glad. I'm glad. Now you had a very early start mm-hmm. acting and what I thought was, when I was doing the research with it, you know, there are gifted actors that strive all their lives to get to the top of their profession. Yeah. And at the age of four, you had an Emmy nomination and you had worked with Ellen Burstyn, the Oscar winner yeah. and star of The Exorcist. How does that happen? I mean, when you're that young, it's kind of just... It, definitely a big part of it is luck. I mean, like, I mean, some people can work, you know, really hard their entire lives and not get super far. And there are some people who are really talented that I think should be a lot bigger than they are. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of sometimes it really just works out. And I'm lucky that I started super young because I don't know what would happen if I tried to get into it now. Um, maybe it would go well. Maybe it wouldn't. Uh, but I just got lucky that I started young and. Once you get working, then it's easier to keep working, and I'm I'm still doing it somehow. What a project! Yeah. What a project to land. I mean, <laughs> um, are you still the youngest Emmy nominee ever at the age of four? Um, I think so. It was. I mean, it was the the daytime right. Emmy, so not right. like yeah, overall Emmy, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. I think probably. I haven't like checked, but I was. Um, for that movie that I was nominated for, I was four years old when wow. I did that one, I believe. So, probably still. <laughs> Do you remember much about that experience in working with Ellen Burstyn? Um, I mean, I, I was really young, but I remember her being really sweet. Um, I mean, everybody was that I worked with on that movie, but I really liked her a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you went on, and I actually forgot about this, and I don't know how many people remember this, but there was a television version of Terry. Like yes, you know, I almost wore um, a little while ago. I was at my mom's place, and she has um, a big box of like film 
souvenir stuff from over the years from when I was younger and I was looking through the box because I hadn't in a long time and I found a Carrie shirt, like a crew shirt, like oh they give God. you at the end of the show. And I never wore it because I was so small then and I was like, wait, this fits me now. <laughs> um, I almost wore that one, but I went for the Silent Hill shirt instead. Uh, but yeah, it says, I took Carrie to the prom, crew 2002. Oh, wow, and you, you were the young Carrie. <laughs> yes, what? I was young Carrie yeah. in the, I guess, 2000, that's when we filmed it at least. So yeah, 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 around yeah, then, yeah. It was, it was really cool. Cool. Uh, Silent Hill is based on a video game. Mm -hmm. And it was popular with audiences, but not so much with critics at the time <laughs> when it came out. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but modern critics have been a lot more kind to it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's been reassessed. People have gone back yeah. and watched it again. Um, how do you feel about that renewed respect that the film is getting? I mean, I think that happens with a lot of movies. You know, there's so many movies that people absolutely love that are super famous, and they didn't even do well when they came out. You know, there's so many that didn't yeah. get good numbers when they were actually in theaters, but yeah. everybody knows what it is now, so that happens all the time. Um, and I mean, I think it's clear every convention I've ever been to, you know, people tell me how much they love it, so I that's know. what matters to me. I'm really happy that a lot of people really enjoyed it, and there's no way, there's no possible way to please everybody. You know, somebody's always going to have something well, to say about it. sometimes I think critics don't understand films. No, and, and I mean, yeah. it was based on a, vi a video game. Yeah. And it was very stylistic and had all these great images yeah. in it. That's what I like so much about it. Like, I thought it really felt like going through a video game. Yeah, it was I almost really universally praised yeah. for the way it was filmed, but not so much the story. And I, yeah. So in going back, I had seen the film a long time ago, and in going back and watching it again, again in preparation for the interview, um, I thought, well, why? people not understand this. I mean, that was one of the yeah. complaints because to me it was very easy to follow this whole story as it was unfolding and I I just think fresh eyes, you know, yeah, for sure. on the film make a big difference. I think, yeah, probably a lot of the people who were reviewing it didn't quite understand so the whole background of it and, um, yeah, I think it's better, I mean, it's better to have fans say sure what they think about it, you know, I, that's what's more important. Absolutely, because yeah. audiences loved it. Yeah. And you were about 11 or 12 when you made some Yeah, I think so, somewhere between, like, probably 10 or 11. Um, because I, I know I was 12 when I did Case 39, and that was after that. So I think it would have been oh, like okay. before, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, working with another Oscar winner in Case 39. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You played the dual roles of Sharon and Alessa mm -hmm. in, in Silent Hill. What do you remember about the greatest challenges in trying to play the good and evil versions of really the same person? Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I've never really done anything like that before or since. Um, it's strange because, I mean, in a way it's not that difficult because I play different roles all the time. So that's not really that different than, you know, having a couple auditions that are totally different in the same day or something like that. But it is weird doing it all on one set. <laughs> that that yeah. feels strange. Um, it's not really what you would expect, but the, I think, biggest challenge was probably just switching back and forth between the, like, the hair and makeup and everything. And, and is that the way it was filmed? Did you actually switch back and forth they, on the day? As much as possible, they would try to only do Dark Alessa like, second if we had to switch, because it's much harder to like, get out 
of the dark Alessa makeup and the wig and everything and back to normal than the other way around. I mean, they even put makeup on my teeth and everything. So it was like, it was not easy to get off. Um, so I'm pretty sure that we, we mostly did it that way. I think there was maybe like one or two times where I had to go from dark Alessa to regular, but they tried to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the weirdest part of it, just going kind of back and forth or switching uh, when you're actually on set. But playing different characters isn't as weird as it seems like it would be, because that's just kind of what actors do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit about uh, you know, how it's got this atmospheric, dreamlike quality. Mm. Um, what do you remember about the sets and the staging? Is there anything that stands out in your mind about because the, the sets look quite large. Yeah, I mean, I remember we filmed it in Toronto, in Canada, um, and there was definitely a mix of like studio and actual locations. Um, so they did an amazing job with the studio stuff, making it look the way it did. I mean, it was fantastic. You would never, it just doesn't look like it's inside of a, sure. a filming studio. And then they also did an amazing job when we were actually on location, um, just really transforming wherever we were into something that looks like it's from Silent Hill. It was crazy. I mean, when I watch it, I can't even really remember which was which because yeah. it just all like the tone fits so well. It's very consistent. Um, but I remember there were some outside scenes where they actually made a um, the town look, you know, Silent Hill-ish, and uh, it's. It, crazy. I mean, it looks like it's completely abandoned, but there were definitely people still like living in that <laughs> in that area. So <laughs> we just had it closed off for filming. No, they. Yeah, I think they just. Um, it wasn't like totally abandoned. I know that. I remember somebody like looking out their window <laughs> when we were filming, but uh, it wasn't. You know, a very busy area. Obviously, it still kind of fit the vibe, but they had a lot of work to do to make it look like Silent Hill, um, which they did an amazing job. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, once it's all done filming, they can add extra light lighting filters and effects and everything, so that it all has that same kind of Silent Hill colors and everything. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I've read that most of the monsters in the film were actually portrayed by professional oh, monsters, yeah. which just kind of floored me because yeah. when you watch the film, you're going, "Oh, that's an interesting scene." CGI yeah, no, that's what's so was, crazy about it. Yeah. Yeah, they did um, a bit, uh, but I remember for Silent Hill, they tried to do as much as they possibly could without um, CGI, like the yeah the creatures and everything, which is crazy because yeah, when you watch it, you don't even it, you don't even think that it's real because it just looks too creepy to even be real. Yeah, but they actually they actually did it as much as they could just in real life, um, which is a lot easier. So like it's a lot easier to do the scenes that way because yeah. it's hard to just you know look at a piece of tape on a, somebody in a green suit or whatever. Right. So I like right. it when so it's more realistic. Really yeah, it makes it way easier, especially when it's something scary. You don't really have to try that hard. Um, was that a this one? Because I always get conventions mixed up in my head. Was it this one? 
No. There, was it a different one? It was a different okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, because I, I think that's happened like one or two times. But now I always like put it in my contract that I need a moderator because <laughs> I'm not like, you know, I'm not a stand-up comedian. That's not my thing. Yeah. I go to set and they give me words to say and I say them. Did you just turn it into like a question and answer period? And Pretty much, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I can't remember. They might have actually had somebody like come up and help me after. I was oh, like, okay. uh, <laughs> somebody <laughs> needs to. I don't remember, but um, no, yeah, I can this imagine. is better. This is much better. So oh, thank you good. for being I'm here. Glad. I'm glad. Now you had a very early start in mm -hmm. acting, and what I thought was when I was doing the research was that you know there are gifted actors who strive all their lives to get to the top of their profession. Yeah. And at the age of four, you had an Emmy nomination, and you had worked with Ellen Burstyn, the Oscar winner yeah. and star of The Exorcist. How does that happen? I mean, when you're that young, it's kind of just, it, definitely a big part of it is luck. I mean, like, I mean, some people can work, you know, really hard their entire lives and not get super far, and there are some people who are really talented that I think should be a lot bigger than they are, yeah. um, and it's just kind of, sometimes it really just works out, and I'm lucky that I started super young, because I don't know what would happen if I tried to get into it now. Um, maybe it would go well, maybe it wouldn't, uh, but I just got lucky that I started young, and once you get working, then it's easier to keep working, and I'm, I'm still doing it somehow. What a project, yeah. what a project to land. I mean, um, are you still the youngest Emmy nominee ever at the age of four? Um, I think so. It was, I mean, it was the, the daytime Emmy, right. so not right. like I overall Emmy, well, but yeah, yeah. I think probably, I haven't like checked, but I was, um, for that movie that I was nominated for, I was four years old when wow. I did that one, I believe, so probably still. Do you remember much about that experience in working with Ellen Burstyn? Um, I mean, I... I was really young, but I remember her being really sweet. Um, I mean, everybody was that I worked with on that movie, but I really liked her a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you went on, and I actually forgot about this, and I don't know how many people remember this, but there was a television version of Carrie, like in Yes, you know, I almost wore, um, a little while ago, I was at my mom's place, and she has um, a big box of, like, film souvenir stuff from over the years, from when I was younger. And I was looking through the box, because I hadn't in a long time, and I found a Carrie shirt, like a crew shirt, like oh they give God. you at the end of the show. And I never wore it, because I was so small then, and I was like, wait, this fits me now. <laughs> um, I almost wore that one, but I went for the Silent Hill shirt instead. Uh, but yeah, it says, I took Carrie to the prom, crew 2002. Oh, wow, and you, you were the young Carrie. <laughs> yes, well, I was young Carrie yeah. in the, I guess, 2000, that's when we filmed it at least. So yeah, 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 around yeah, then, yeah. It was, it was really cool. Cool. Uh, Silent Hill is based on a video game. Mm -hmm. And it was popular with audiences, but not so much with critics at the time when it came out. Yeah, I mean, but, I, but modern critics have been a lot more kind to it. Mm -hmm. It's like it's been reassessed. People have gone back yeah. and watched it again. Um, how do you feel about that renewed respect I mean, I think that happens with a lot of movies. You know, there's so many movies that people absolutely love that are super famous and they didn't even do well when they came out. You know, there's so many that didn't yeah. get good numbers when they were actually in theaters, but yeah. everybody knows what it is now. So that happens all the time. Um, and I mean, I think it's clear every convention I've ever been to, you know, people tell me how much they love it. So I that's know. what matters to me. I'm really happy that a lot of people really enjoyed it. And there's no way 
There's no possible way to please everybody. You know, somebody's always going to have something we to say about it. Sometimes I think critics don't understand films. No, and, and I mean, yeah. Because it was based on a, vi a video game. Yeah. And it was very stylistic and had all these great images yeah. in it. That's what I liked and so much about it. Like, I thought it really felt like going through a video game. Yeah, it was I almost really universally praised yeah. for the way it was filmed but not so much the story. And I, yeah. so in going back, I had seen the film a long time ago. And in going back and watching it again, again in preparation for the interview, um, I thought, well, why did people not understand this? I mean, that was one of the complaints yeah. because to me it was very easy to follow this whole story as it was unfolding. And I, I just think fresh eyes you know, yeah, for sure. The film make a big difference. I think, yeah, probably a lot of the people who were reviewing it didn't quite understand so the whole background of it. And, um, yeah, I think it's better. I mean, it's better to have fans say sure what they think about it. You know, I, that's what's more important. Absolutely, because yeah. audiences loved it. Yeah. And you were about 11 or 12 when you made Yeah, I think so, somewhere between, like, probably 10 or 11. Because um, it was, I, I know I was... 12 when I did Case 39, and that was after that, so I think it would have been oh, like okay. before, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm working with another Oscar winner in Case 39. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You played the dual roles of Sharon and Alessa mm -hmm. in, in Silent Hill. What do you remember about the greatest challenges in trying to play the good and evil versions of really the same person? Yeah, I mean, it was weird. I've never really done anything like that before or since. Um, it's strange because, I mean, in a way it's not that difficult because I play different roles all the time. So that's not really that different than, you know, having a couple auditions that are totally different in the same day or something like that. But it is weird doing it all on one set. <laughs> that that yeah. feels strange. Um, it's not really what you would expect, but the, I think, biggest challenge is probably just switching back and forth between, the, like, the hair and makeup and everything. And, and is that the way it was filmed? Did you actually switch back and forth they, the As much as possible, they would try to only do Dark Alessa, like, second if we had to switch, because it's much harder to, like, get out of the Dark Alessa makeup and the wig and everything and back to normal than the other way around. I mean, they even put makeup on my teeth and everything, so oh, it was, gosh. like... It was not easy to get off, um, so I'm pretty sure that we, we mostly did it that way. I think there was maybe like one or two times where I had to go from dark Alessa to regular, but they tried to avoid that as much as possible. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the weirdest part of it, just going kind of back and forth or switching uh, when you're actually on set. But playing different characters isn't as weird as it seems like it would be, because that's just kind of what actors do all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um we were talking a little bit about the, you know, how it's got this atmospheric, dreamlike quality. Mm. Um, what do you remember about the sets and the staging? Is there anything that stands out in your mind about? Because the, the sets look quite large. Yeah, I mean, I remember we filmed it in Toronto, in Canada, um, and there was definitely a mix of like studio and actual locations. Um, so they did an amazing job with the studio stuff, making it look the way it did. I mean, it was fantastic. You would never, it just doesn't look like it's inside of a, a filming studio. And then they also did an amazing job when we were actually on location, um, just really transforming wherever we were into something that looks like it's from Silent Hill. It was crazy. I mean, 
when I watch it, I can't even really remember which was which because yeah. it just all like the tone fits so well. It's very consistent. Um, but I remember there were some outside scenes where they actually made a um, the town look, you know, Silent Hill-ish, and uh, it's it's crazy. I mean, it looks like it's completely abandoned, but there were definitely people still like living in that <laughs> in that area. So <laughs> we just had it closed off for filming. No, they. Yeah, I think they just. Um, it wasn't like totally abandoned. I know that. I remember somebody like looking out their window <laughs> when we were filming, but uh, it wasn't. You know, a very busy area. Obviously, it still kind of fit the vibe, but they had a lot of work to do to make it look like Silent Hill, um, which they did an amazing job. Uh, and then, obviously, you know, once it's all done filming, they can add extra light lighting filters and effects and everything, so that it all has that same kind of. Silent Hill colors and everything. Okay. Yeah. And I've read that most of the monsters in the film are actually portrayed by professional oh, monsters, yeah. which just kind of floored me because yeah. when you watch the film, you're going, oh, that's an interesting CGI. Yeah, no, that's what's so was, crazy about there it. There wasn't that much CGI. Yeah. Yeah, they did um, a bit, uh, but I remember for Silent Hill, they tried to do as much as they possibly could without um, CGI, like the yeah the creatures and everything, which is crazy because yeah, when you watch it, you don't even it, you don't even think that it's real because it just looks too creepy to even be real. But they actually they actually did it as much as they could just in real life, um, which is a lot easier. So like it's a lot easier to do the scenes that way because yeah. it's hard to just you know look at a piece of tape on a, somebody in a green suit or whatever. Right. So I like right. it when it's more realistic. Yeah, it makes it way easier, especially when it's something scary. You don't really have to try that hard <laughs> to sure. do much. Um, yeah, I just had a different experience than most other people my age, but I don't mind it now. Like I said, I could probably. I could just list your credits and we would be here <laughs> for an hour. But I've, I've kind of tried to pick ones that I was especially interested in. And Kingdom Hospital, yeah. where you had a role in Kingdom Hospital. It was yeah. a, originally it was supposed to be just a mini-series. They decided to expand it to a series. Well, it was, I mean, it still was kind of just a mini-series because it, it was like one season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was based on a, a story by, I think, a Swedish screenwriter or... Yeah, or Danish. Or Danish. I think it, it was Danish. Danish, yeah. It yeah. could have been mixed up. <laughs> it was um, a while ago. I was like eight years old But it was developed that. by Stephen King. Yes, it was kind yeah. Of yeah. Something that he... The personal project of mm. his. And it, you were Mary Jensen, the ghost of a murdered yes. girl Mary, who wrote in the yeah. hospital and was kind of a harbinger of death. Um, <laughs> That's me. Tell us <laughs> Gee, Silent Hill and yeah, Kingdom Hospital. there's a bit of a theme. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that experience in Kingdom Hospital. Oh, it's really cool. Um, I did get to meet Stephen King just very briefly. Um, he came to yeah yeah question. he came to set one day. Um, so he wasn't you know like there all the time or anything, but he he did come once for sure. So I have a picture with him uh, when I was really little. I was eight years old. But I loved working on that series. I wish it got more attention than it did. Uh, I remember this was back, you know, there were no like streaming things or yeah, anything at that yeah. point. So you had to actually like watch it when it was yes, on TV. Ratings, um, yeah. 
and I think they kept like switching the times that it was on and stuff, so people were confused about when to watch it, and it just didn't. I feel like it had a lot more potential than you know people think. There are a lot of us who are Stephen King fans. Yeah, not that many people know about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, a couple people have brought it up already today when I was at the table. Uh, so it's always nice to hear that people have watched oh, yeah. it and enjoyed Absolutely. it. Yeah, I, um, but yeah, I was really small. I was only eight years old. I remember oh I um, I was still like losing my baby teeth, and so every once in a while, we well, every once in a while, we just had to stop filming for the day, and they'd make me a dentist appointment, and I'd get something <laughs> called a flipper, where you just like put the little oh, like yeah, fake I tooth in. Um, yeah, because at one point it was my front tooth, <laughs> and so they were like, "Well, we're not filming anymore today." Get her to the dentist. Well, before we before we um, uh, finish our panel, I want to open it up to uh, a couple of questions. And is there anybody else a question? Yeah. Um. Do you mean like the filming or like in the episodes? Honestly, it's hard to even choose. It was just three years of working with people that I really loved spending time with. Um, We all had so much fun. I think one of my favorite moments was just like, just in the beginning when we were doing, you know, like screen tests and testing out, like we'd already all booked it and everything. We were on set and um, they were figuring out the looks for all the characters. And that was just so exciting. Like it really felt like it was the start of something really big. And it was like at that point, we didn't even know that we were going to get three seasons. You know, it was just like one for sure. But we weren't sure how far it was going to go. And there's so many, so many people really loved that show. And I, I'm just, I'm so happy with how it turned out. But um, yeah, just the start of that, like being with the new Space family, it was awesome. And we all got along so well. And um, I mean, yeah, I really loved working on it for all three years. But some of my favorite moments were when um, we were waiting for, like, the new episode scripts to come out, and uh, they would send it to us by email, and we would all get so excited and literally be, like, sitting in our cast chairs, like, reading it um, to see what would happen next, because we loved it so much, you know? As much as the people who were watching it, we would get super excited to see what would happen next. So I always loved that, yeah, just all of us reading the script and kind of fangirling about it together. <laughs> Any other questions for Jodel? Uh, Hi. Yes. From Dark Matter? Um, I feel like there's definitely, well, there's a few that, like, have, like, released the bloopers. Um, like, I know Dark Matter has some bloopers, but... Uh, I wish that they did that more because I really, really love watching bloopers and then it makes it easier for me to like remember um, to actually like be able to see it. Um, no, I can't think of like one really good one, but uh, it's definitely, I definitely don't always get my lines right on set. So I know there's like, <laughs> there's definitely, there's de- there, if you got to see like all of the bloopers from my entire career, we'd be here a while. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely mess up sometimes. I wish I could just watch them all. Well, we, let me speak personally for a minute. If you ever need a moderator, you can call me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. you have been terrific. Thank you so much. I really do love your work. And 
I don't know how many credits are there going to be by the time you hang it up. I don't know. We're we'll looking see. forward to years and years of more. Thank you so much. So thank you so much. All right, man, so there is our show with uh, Jodell Furland. That panel took place again at Sinister Creature Con of last year. Uh, and people, you know, have often asked, like, why does it take you so long to get some of these panels out? And it's not a matter of force feeding you guys um, these interviews as fast as I can. I don't know is necessarily the best strategy because what's this taken into account? Like June Sinister Creature Con, we, we get through usually by Halloween. Now Halloween Sinister Creature Con, which is where this is from, I usually get an influx of interviews and so much so that even sometimes June takes longer to get through all the content. But these interviews from Sinister Creature Con are timeless. Um, they're more centered around focusing on a career than to promote something. And then in between interviews like two weeks ago with Brickley Brady from Dark Nature, we're trying to get that out to promote her film. So while these actors from Sinister may be getting are maybe currently acting, which they definitely, most of them still are, you know, these are like spotlight interviews where the others are, you know, special to be able to get to interview them by any means, but they're more kind of prevalent to me getting them out sooner than later and to promote something that is about to come out. So that is why sometimes we put a hold on some of the sinister interviews and then release them throughout the year. And next week's is very in tune to what I said I was doing when I said I was going to Salem with going to uh, Vanessa Shaw as our guest from Hocus Pocus. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a fun one. Until then, stay nerdy, everybody. May the stars light your way Throughout all your journeys May the stars light your way Throughout all your days May you see all the world Systems, stars, and planets May the stars light your way And see you safely home Did you like that?